compels you. The power of Christ compels you. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Hi, I'm Jamie. And I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, everyone. Hello. I don't think we've done, like, you know, sirens in a while, so we're going to mm-hmm. add some, beep, some beep, 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 Well, I, st- I still put them in, even if oh, you don't fantastic. do it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we someone's not listening to our oh, episodes. Right. <laughs> I literally feel like I pulled, what is it? Does Kevin do the same thing? Like, just never listens to an Ever. episode? No. I, I know. <laughs> it's like, we, I've experienced it in real time. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So, it's like going back. But I tell everyone else, actually, uh, speaking of telling other people about our podcast, I got a couple of followers today. Nice. Doing a Hamilton gig. They literally, I watched them click, follow, subscribe, like, on our things. Excellent. Excellent news. Can't wait for all of your five-star reviews, new friends. <laughs> yes, new friends. We love to see it. Thank you for the and follows. if you think we're talking about you, we are. We are. <laughs> all right. So today is a doozy. We are talking about the 2019 slasher film, Haunt. Where's everybody? Should have been out by now. Do you still want to see my face? What? Do you still want to see my face? It's whatever, man. I'm fine. Uh, Why not? I just want to go home. Two, four, two, five... Lincoln Road. What? Because before you said you wanted to see my face. Now I was just wondering if you still wanted to see it. It's a bit of a work in progress, but oh, I think you'll like it. So this movie is written and directed by Scott Beck and Brian Woods, and the film stars a one Katie Stevens, Will Britton, and Lauren McLean, along with a few other people, but Wikipedia decided those people were the most important in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> So obviously, heavy spoilers for the movie Haunt. It is a Hulu original, if I am not mistaken. Uh, so is it, or am I lying? It's on. I have Hulu. no idea. Okay. Well, it's on Hulu. Uh, if you want to watch it, and Jamie, give us some trigger warnings for this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of references to intimate partner violence. Yes. Um, there is also a lot of like a good amount of insides on the outside, but more of just like people getting hurt in some icky, icky, gruesome, bloody ways. Uh, icky, icky, bloody gruesome um there's also a lot of clowns so if you are anti-clown like Mm -hmm, i am mm -hmm. uh you know be warned um also there's a lot of like uh i guess uh, like disturbing facial yes uh i I don't even know what to call it like like mutilation kind of like yeah yeah 
self facial facial mutilational (laughs) things. I know that sounded like the same word. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I I think that's everything. So, in terms of Haunt, had its world premiere at the Popcorn Frights Film Festival in Fort Lauderdale, Florida in 2019. Mm. Then in London in August of 2019 as well. And then there was... London. Los- London, London, England. Uh, <laughs> then Los Angeles premiere for Haunt was uh, in September of that year. And then it got a limited release, but it later premiered on Shudder first, where Ooh. it was ranked the number one most watched movie premiere on Shudder of 2019. Wow. I have to talk to... Quite a few Shutter viewers. <laughs> yeah. Well, Maybe just the, yeah. The go ahead. reason we're doing this is because the internet really likes this movie. At least on TikTok, it's been suggested a lot in terms of like a good Halloween movie or like a good haunted house movie or something like that. So mm-hmm. I use that as a reason to um uh, to actually, you know, cover use it, it yeah. for this podcast and cover the podcast. Um, however, spoiler alert for my opinions on this movie, uh, the internet, I didn't know this, is a big fat liar. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> you can't believe everything you hear on the internet, which is uh, I, something I just learned recently um, yeah, after watching Abraham this Lincoln film. Said. Abraham Lincoln said you can't trust everything you see on the internet. That was a tweet by Abraham Lincoln. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that's um, that's why we're doing it because I thought it was supposed to be good and fun, um, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of people believe that. I- I'm I'm assuming based on well, I know Jamie's because um, we watched it on a plane together. Um, but oh. uh, Nikisha, I'm assuming you you don't disagree with us. Yeah, I agree with you guys wholeheartedly, and I'm excited to get into it because mm-hmm. when I was watching it, I was confused a lot of the time. I didn't understand some of the purposes of some things. There wasn't a through line to me. So I am very excited to dive deep uh, yes. into these notes. But before we get into all of that, producer Brian, give us some other words besides your disdain for this movie, and then we will continue on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey, everybody. Hi, YouTube. Hey. Um, you can find us as a podcast wherever. Um, hi. <laughs> um, you can find us on social media, wherever you get social media, at Talk Horror Pod. Uh, we try to be as truthful as possible on TikTok. Um, we will, we'll tell you if we liked Haunt or not, if we did it on TikTok, but we're going to tell you here, but you can follow us there. You can follow us on Instagram, um, uh, X or Twitter. Um, and then, uh, uh, you can also find us of course on, uh, on YouTube, which some of you are finding us there anyway. Um, so Woo-hoo. yeah, please, please find us and, uh, and follow along with our horror movie watching breakdown journey. Um, yes, break it down. Yeah, break but it down. Nikisha, mm-hmm. br- br- break it down, Nikisha. Um, <laughs> if you wouldn't mind, ever yes. you said you did some experiences lately. I did, and I have to just say for those watching on YouTube, uh, listen, please ignore the Christmas tree uh, sweater. I just came from a holiday event, but over here it's Halloween all year round. So just know, like that little girl says on the internet. 
It's Halloween in my soul. So <laughs> even though I have, have you not seen that video? No. There's just this little girl who's like, it's always Halloween in my soul. <laughs> and it's like the creepiest thing, but that's where we're at right now. So I, with, I agree. <laughs> so with that, I had some experiences. I went to the basement of the dead, which is supposed to be like the number one haunted house in Chicago and ranked pretty high, uh, as far as haunted houses in the country. And Mm. I went with a few friends and it was a fun experience. I think mm, the only, my only gripe about the haunted, the haunted house is that when you let so many people in and there's so many people in front of you, then they get scared and you don't get the scare. Right. And so, um, it's, it's hard to have a good scaring experience when people are, you see what's coming. So, but as far as it being a very long haunted house, as far as a long walk through a very detailed, um, haunted house, uh, Lots of actors. And then they even had, speaking of clowns, a separate section. After you get out of the big haunted house, you get this little cool 3D glasses thing. And you go through this haunted house and it's just all about clowns in your face. And uh, there was a Pennywise statue. And I was like, oh, yay, Pennywise. And then it jumped at me and I got scared. Because oh, no. <laughs> Pennywise. Wow was not my friend in that moment and I just thought it was just a statue because it didn't look animatronic but it was and it got me uh so I do recommend Basement of the Dead but maybe go earlier on in the season when there's not that many people I went the night before Halloween so it was super packed sure Mm. uh but it was it was a really good experience also had a few pumpkin patches in there that was great I went to the Museum of Torture in Chicago and that was oh. also really fun to learn about all of the medieval torture devices uh, that were were going around. And they have um, wax figures that are very detailed <laughs> in, in all of their things. So if that's something that you're interested in, I would highly recommend going to the Museum of Torture in Chicago. So that's that was my experiences. Cool. What about you um, guys? Well, before we talk about what we watched... Um, in December, we are staying at a haunted uh, Airbnb. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Where at? We're going with some friends Ooh. to a very haunted town in Pennsylvania, and our Airbnb Ooh. is like, I, I, it's it's supposedly very haunted. So yeah. we'll, we'll if we make it back, we'll let you know. I'm so excited to hear everything about this. It's gonna be a fun time. Um. But before we do that, uh, Jamie and I watched quite a few uh, moving pictures uh, <laughs> over the past couple of weeks. Um, we obviously watched this jaunt haunt. Um, we finally jaunt. watched the two spiritual, supernatural entities go at it. Mm. Our friend. Freddy versus Jason? We watched oh, Frederick versus. Man. versus <laughs> Frederick versus Jace. Jason. Yes. <laughs> Jason. Oh boy. Um, Jason. We had never seen it before, Nikisha. This was a first Mm-mm. time watch for us. Both of for you. Both of this us. is the first time yeah. watching it. How did Kelly yes. Rowland do time. for you? <laughs> <laughs> she was. Oh, the only thing I remember about that is that Kelly Rowland was in it and she gets, th- well, spoiler alert, gets like thrown into a tree. She really got herself rocked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Um, it was a great time. I can see why people love this movie. It definitely feels a lot like Jason X, which yes. I think is still my favorite. But this is like a close. This is close. Um, it's really bringing a whole lot of very silly energy. And uh, but like the the premise itself is is intriguing and like I'm Mm. kind of into it I like how they justify making it work um so yeah I I'm a fan I I'm mad that I waited this long to to get here yay (laughs) I'm glad you made it oh that just reminds me I forgot that uh I think I told y'all last time we watched uh some castmates of mine watched Nightmare on Elm Street and then we watched the second one oh you watched (laughs) you watched uh Yes. Revenge, right? And Afraid I Revenge. saw, yeah, and I, I've seen it before, but a lot of yeah. people hadn't seen it. And the way that everyone, even if like there's a lot of people who aren't horror movie fans, were just so disappointed at yeah. the second one and the premise and the rules and like what was going on. And I just forgot how bad it was, but geez. Yeah. Totally. Oh, man. And the it's, pool party, damn. And the pool party, oh. it's, it's just so, uh, yeah. The it, None of it none of it makes sense. And mm. then you go off the rails for all the other dream child and dream warrior and all the yeah. dreams in the land. Well, we're still but. not done. We, we're, we still need to finish them. But I don't know. I'm less motivated because I know how, you know, we've watched the good ones. And now it's kind right. of just like watching the schlock to like actually have seen it. Um, well, are you talking about for for which for uh, nightmare f- nightmares? I think some yeah. people still like at least one of the ones that are coming up. That's true. So there's still things to look forward to. Yeah, Don't that's you fair. Worry. <coughs> well, did you Thank watch you. a new nightmare yet? Yeah, we've seen we new nightmare. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Then. Um, yeah. But uh, I really liked Freddy versus Jason too. Like. A '90s, a, a, mm-hmm. an '80s slasher mixed with like a '90s like aesthetic was like ve- like early 2000s aesthetic. Yeah, it was, was like, like it was like straight up like early 2000s. Yeah, it <laughs> absolutely. Was great. Yeah. Um, I also thought it was kind of clever to how they brought the two characters together. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not perfect, but it, it that'll do, pig. Um, <laughs> it works. <laughs> uh, then we watched Hell House LLC Three: Lake of Fire. Um, which was truly bad garbage and it's almost so bad that it ruins the greatness of the first one it doesn't but it almost does you just have to keep it as its own separate thing right but here's a question because now I feel like we should be uh, on, on our scale of like terrible to fantastic. So like mm. season of the witch, right. Is going to just be at probably a zero for all of us of like just terribleness. Sure. Was hell house three better than season of the witch though? <laughs> I mean, yes. So, so yes and no. Okay. Yes. In that I think it has some scares. It has some good moments. It has an interesting concept. However, at the end of the day, it's not a fair comparison because okay. I don't like those 80s type of movies. Whereas mm. I, I – even mm-hmm. though Hell House LLC 3 Lake of Fire was awful, I would still choose it over that just because of what I'm more attracted to. But it, I Got think it. it's still just as garbage of a movie in different ways. OK. That makes sense. You agree, Jamie? 
Yeah, I mean, it just... Yeah, because there were still moments that I found marginally more compelling than Season of the Witch, whereas, Mm -hmm. like, just straight through Season of the Witch is not for me. Yeah. I got Um, it. But on the other hand, we watched Hell House LLC Origins, The Carmichael Manor, the new one that came out on Shudder. I actually... Jamie finished it. I have like 10 minutes left of the movie. We stopped to mm-hmm. record, so I'm still not done. But I, So I'm saying this before I know the <laughs> ending. I'm really enjoying it. I think it's my second favorite Hell House movie. Okay. I think it goes, for me, it goes Hell House, Hell House Origins, Hell House 2, Hell House 3. Okay. That Jamie? sounds good. <laughs> uh, I don't know what my rankings are, but... Um, I thought this new one was okay. Like, I I thought I had some pretty good jump scares. I thought I had more jump scares than two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think I do kind of like two a little bit more than one. Oh. I mean, okay. sorry, a little bit more than this one. This than one the Origins. Than one origins. is the best by far. Yes. Um, then I think two slightly over four, and then three is like, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Um, so we enjoyed that. So check that out on Shudder. That was, yeah. I, I really, really, uh, we both liked that. You know, especially we watched some real bad movies lately because I also watched The Pyramid, which is a found footage movie uh, oh. about this, like, ex, uh, these, these, um, <clears throat> um, what's it called? Um, uh, why can't I think of the word? Archaeologists. These archaeologists oh. who are find a pyramid that's never been found before, and they break in because they're trying to be evacuated because of the political scene in Egypt, and they go in, and then like all this terrible things happen to them. It's found footage. I really didn't enjoy it, and it was very much up my alley. Um, I just don't think it was that that great. So that was real bad. And then Jamie and I uh, finally watched uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, yes. I literally was talking about that with somebody today. How did you enjoy it or not enjoy it? <laughs> Jamie? Uh, I thought it was fine. Oh, man. Okay. I mean, it was probably slightly better than fine. I don't know. I think I had really high expectations, but I don't know. I feel like Mr. Blum really hasn't hit in the last couple of films mm. that he's done recently. Um, mm-hmm. And I hope that this trend doesn't continue because I feel like he is the, like, leaving producer of of horror. So, like, yes. maybe this is these are... He's just, like, you know, on shaky footing for right now, but the future of, of these productions will improve, hopefully, after, um, you know, a successful end of the strike. But, like... I don't know. I thought it was fine. There's just so... It's just hard. As somebody who knows a lot of the lore, I also mm-hmm. know that, like, the um, the the creator of Five Nights at Freddy's isn't a good person. Um, okay. But that being said, like, people are, like, really obsessed with the lore. I think a lot of people really enjoy this movie who, like, know the lore. Um, I think, like, you know, it... it captured the the essence of what like the story is about 
But there were some things that just felt like super obvious in the movie that I kind of was like, eh, this could have been a little bit better. But I thought like the scares were were good. And mostly I was wildly impressed with um, the actual animatronics because it was mm. all practical effects done mm-hmm. by Jim Henson's like creature shop, which is also slightly terrifying to me, but Ooh. very impressive. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I think it was fine. I've never played the game. I don't know the lore. I had a really good time watching it. Um, but what was, and I, I like to, to quote you, Nikisha, I needed more horror. So I needed some more. Um, horror. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I had, I was engaged. I had a good time. And truthfully, I think Brian those, liked it more than me. Yeah. But those okay. animatronics. It's very cool. Make the movie significantly better than it probably is. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's like the main focus of it. So it's like, let's not do that wrong. (laughs) I think that movie would have been unwatchable if it was CGI. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. It would have just been so distracting. So like, I'm glad that they actually invested in in that. Like that was that is worth it because Mm -hmm. like that's that's what people are coming to see. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's not perfect, but the uh, the movie's not perfect, but the animatronics sell that movie big time to me. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Great. Well, let's get into this movie, as Brian called it, this jaunt called The Haunt. <coughs> so uh, let yes. me also just say <laughs> yes. that we decided to do Haunt because we don't want Halloween to die. Like we want, we want October to last forever. So, and we did yes. not enjoy Halloween three, season of the witch, our Halloween episode. So we were like, you know what? I'm gonna pick this movie that takes place on Halloween that people seem to like, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna make sure we do a, a, a positive Halloween episode. And I don't think that's gonna be the case today. <laughs> so I just wanted to say that up front before we got into our uh, next segment. Fantastic. Well, Brian, you got to give us a synopsis of oh, yeah. this haunted oh, house. Oh, no. Oh, no. Watch the plot. <laughs> Do the best you can. You got two minutes on the clock uh, to, to give us... <laughs> your you sure do. ...surmising of, All right. of this. All right. All right. Let me know when I can go. Are you ready? Are you prepared? To revisit the world of haunt. I think so. (laughs) All right. Ready, set, go. Okay. So haunt takes place on Halloween and we find this main character. I don't remember her name, so I'm going to look it up right now. Harper. Um, Harper. Thank you. Harper is in an abusive relationship with a boyfriend, um, and she, and basically her roommate breaks up with her, breaks up with the boyfriend over text. They all go out to a bar. They meet some of like the 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 their you know their friend group, and then they all decide they don't want the night to end, so they go to this haunted house that they found on a flyer. The haunted house kind of just like appears when they think they're lost or they think they're being followed. Harper is very sensitive to everything around her. She feels like she's being followed. What we learn is that her father was abusive to her mother, um, and she's kind of fallen into that same pattern, and she regrets not being able to basically protect her mother um, in, in you know when uh, she was growing up, and she has not been home in a long time. Um, 
So they go to this haunted house and, you know, there are other people there, but they have to lock up their cell phones. They go through the haunted house. It's kind of more like a uh, <clears throat> like an, uh, an experience haunted house where you're kind of more involved with it, where you have to make decisions. So the group gets split up. They start getting picked off one by one. And everyone who runs the haunted house has this mask on. They each have a different mask. <coughs> Lots of shenanigans happen in the house. Many of them die. Many of them lose body parts and stuff like that. <clears throat> and then they discover that when the people take the masks off, their faces are mutilated to kind of basically match the mask. And there's some symbolism there with like taking off your mask, show who you really are, that kind of stuff. Anyway, in the at the end, um, they all escape. The um, abusive ex-boyfriend comes to try and save them. He gets killed. She goes into a escape room that's based on like her childhood, and then they um, all escape. And then only one of them survives. The clown. She goes home. She traps the clown in her home when it follows her, and she kills the clown. And the movie is over. That is haunt. And that's the plot. <laughs> And even you explaining it still, it's like, what? <coughs> what is happening? What well, is this? Yeah. yeah. This movie is too many things to like skip yes. ahead to like that. It's too many things. But also, Nakisha, when you were talking about your horror experience, like your haunted house experience, one of my questions about this movie is... This would this haunted house really work in real life if it's if it's busy? There are too many things for people to do. You'd have to stagger the line and like only go in groups yes. and then they have to reset basically after every group has gone through that room. So this is not a logistically realistic haunted house for people to go through without there being a very long line. Obviously not everyone knows about this and it seems like there's never a long line for this like this like brigadoon of a haunted house. Mm -hmm. But I, I found that was one of my things that I was like, hmm. Anyway, back yes. to you, Nikisha. <laughs> well, let's get into it with our first segment of likes and gripes. And now our likes and gripes. And I am excited to hear your thoughts just on the logistics of the haunted house, uh, haunted house parlor talk, uh, if you will, because I agree. There was a lot of logistical things that I did not think would work in this. And to your point, Brian, of there being too many things. When I first saw the escape room type thing at the end, I was like, oh, that might be like a cool concept that it's like a horror escape room. But in the context of like what this movie was, it felt like just um, a hat on a hat on a hat. Like it was not yeah. necessary yeah. in a sense. So anyway, with that, I guess I'm already talking. So I'll get started with yeah, my going. <laughs> Go for it. Okay. So the first thing out the gate that I kind of had trouble buying into was the fact that her friend's... Harper's friends knew that she was in an abusive relationship and it just seemed like they weren't doing enough to really be helpful or supportive to her Yeah. at the beginning. And they were just like, yeah, your boyfriend who beats you, I see your black eye. I see you covering it with makeup. And then they're like, well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take you to a party. Let's just go to a party, you know? Yeah. And, and it just was like, that doesn't seem like the right move. So I think her friends kind of go a little bit in the bad friend pile uh, for me. And sure. then we get to the haunted house and 
I wrote down the rules that they said at the beginning, which was oh that was that was one of my likes. I wrote they have rules, yeah, they have, and that's what I'm saying. And, and but then it, it didn't even matter. The rules didn't matter. So then that just made me very upset because the rules were don't touch the actors and like stay on the path, and you'll be able to make it out of the haunted house alive, mm-hmm. like safely, is what they said. Mm-hmm. And so then. Uh, so the they started getting attacked even before they were breaking the rules, quote unquote. So then it, to me, it was just like, well, then what was the point? It wasn't like there was a moment that happened of them touching the actors or like touching whatever or like going off the path. Mm-hmm. Like they just kidnapped that one little one girl and then like stuck a a lighted like thing in her head and like killed her. Oh, the poker. The, yeah, the, the poker. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Mm hmm. So then I'm like, okay. Or well, lighted thing. No, a, light, lighted a lighted thing. thing something, yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it, that just took me out of it completely because then I'm thinking, like, well, then what is the point of these people uh, attacking them? Because, uh, and this is going to sound not great, but there's one. it would be one thing if the actors were playing off of, like, these people broke the rules, so now we're going to torture them, as opposed mm. to like just torturing them just to torture them. Because then, sure. like I said, then why are there rules? If you're just going to torture them, then just tell them to walk through the haunted house, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. well, on that note, Nikisha, something that I put in my gripes, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the hat on a hat and a hat, I don't think the writing of this movie in terms of what it's trying to say thematically, mm-hmm. is strong enough for the movie that's presented. Fair. Are you saying something about de- domestic violence? Are you saying something about the idea of, like, the mask that we all wear is yeah. different from who we actually are? It's all very convoluted. Like, be something interesting or just be a haunted house slaughter film. Exactly. I think, or be an escape room movie. All of the hat on a hat on a hat really bogs this movie down in obnoxious backstory that actually doesn't feed the plot or is interesting at all. I agree a thousand percent. And one of my main things that uh, I put in my notes was if this abusive boyfriend ends up being the one saving the day, I am out completely (laughs) because it kind of sets it up like he might be the one. Yeah. What is this? Uh, the New Blood, Friday the 13th, where the, spoiler alerts, where the abusive dad is the hero from the lake, but from beyond? Yeah, exactly. No, thank you. No, thank uh. you. I don't need it, but it ended up not being the case. Um, but <clears throat> yeah. to your point of just, yeah, like, what are you trying to say? I think that also is reflected in some of the shots, because there was one moment where they were making a big deal of the boyfriend, uh, the abusive boyfriend that comes in and him like losing his cell phone. And there was like a shot just like on, he got killed, but his cell phone is still like in plain sight and no one's had mm. took it. And then it was never seen again. I thought that maybe like Harper would come in and use it to call mm-hmm. somebody for help or something because, because of how they were shooting it and how it made it seem like it would be a part of the story, but then it wasn't. So, Nikisha, another thing that I'll add to that one is yes. there was that shot of the Velcro white sneaker beneath the, like, the the costume. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and that 
didn't really mean anything or come back in any way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that was weird. Maybe it's like they escaped from like an insane asylum hospital where they have to wear Velcro shoes. But but like that's just me looking for things. Like that's right. just like there were these weird shots and stuff. Also, at the beginning, the movie opens with like one of them setting up that red string. The Mm, fact that the red string ended up being the tranquilizer dart or whatever it is for the for the terrible abusive ex-boyfriend and not the gun at the end of the escape room makes no sense to me because one, why should we care about the ex-boyfriend? He's an he's a he's a monster. Two, like why was that the death you set up with the string? It makes no it, it truly doesn't make any like narrative plot sense. Yeah, and that's what it, all of this was. It was just brief moments that just didn't connect at all. So, and I think, like I said at the beginning, there was no through line for me mm-hmm. in in any of this. And I agree, there was just um, moments. Uh, and I'll speak to this since we're on the end part. The whole thing with her remembering that they got their addresses, and so they were going to go to their homes and look for her or them. So two of them survived, right? The boy and that, that she was kind of liking on and then her. And in my thought, she, they were both in the hospital. And then she was like, oh, the clowns are going to come to my house. And then the clown is at her house. But it was also just kind of like, why was the clown at her house? Why didn't the clown go to the other dude's house? Why didn't she tell the other dude that to get his parents so that he can get out? Cause the clown is coming after it. Like that all was just seemed like a, um, trying to be a plot twist in a sense. And then just didn't work out because it came out of, it came out of nowhere. Um, all that to say there were a couple of things that were a little creepy fun to me. Like I hate when people step on stuff. And so like when Harper was stepping on the nails, that mm. just was mm-hmm. really icky yeah. uh, in my That's soul. the home alone in us. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I don't like it. Yeah. Um, and I also liked the death of the guy who was making fun of everything and everyone and like, um, the jerk guy, and he got uh, his face from the, from his mouth like ripped up. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. But then I was, <laughs> but then that shot was confusing because it kind of looked like stop motion in a sense. I don't know if y'all like noticed that at all. But when he is outside and the clown like takes his mouth and like crowbars it up to mm-hmm. his forehead, it just kind of looked like it was going in stop motion when they did it. And it was just very, it mm. seemed like a very oh, creepy, that's weird. like shot. Yeah, it was weird. Um, but yeah, for, for the most part, it was okay. But I just couldn't get through the storyline because there was no line. It was just like a little bit of something and then it jumped somewhere else. It was a zigzag. It wasn't a straight mm. line. Sure. Uh, so, yeah. I even say like loop-de-doops. And yes, absolutely. All around loop-de-loop. But there, yeah, it still wasn't a good uh, thing overall, movie overall for me. So that's most of my, my likes and gripes. Anyone else? I need Jamie to go. <laughs> uh, I, I see her seething. I, I, I'm actually, not, not anymore. <laughs> one of my one of my bullet points is I look forward to Jamie's parlor talk. Yes. <laughs> no, it's it's a lot of it's past. I think that comes from Brian just watching me on trapped on a plane watching this movie <laughs> with nowhere to go and just like 
raging, just like pure rage, frantically like taking notes on my on my phone because we were watching it on my iPad. Yeah, because this yes. plane didn't even have didn't even have little entertainment screens. So luckily, I pre-downloaded this movie so we could oh. watch it special for our plane experience. Smart. I fucking hated this movie. <laughs> I hated, I hated this movie so much. Yeah. You know how I feel about using stupid tropes that, like, I'm just over? Like, why they, and they picked, like, the, my, one of my least favorite ones, which is, like, Mm -hmm. about, like, intimate partner violence and, and abuse in relationships. Like, I'm so over this trope. I I literally never need to see it ever again. And the fact Mm -hmm. that the whole fucking movie was, like, based around this was deeply disappointing. Yes. Um, but I took I took a lot of notes, like I said, frantically taking notes yes. on, my, on my phone. Um, my first note is she's crawling on that fucking disgusting club floor to yeah. like get away from the weird seats that she was sitting at. I'm sorry. I've only been to like, like three or four clubs in my entire life. <laughs> but there's... There is nothing that could be happening that would ever compel me to get on my hands, knees, and feet and walk around on the floor. Even if I was stuck and I couldn't get around, I that there that's disgusting. You know what um, that is? Speaking of tropes, <laughs> Jamie, that just reminds me of like the manic pixie girl trope of like, I'm quirky. So instead of like asking my friends to just move out of the way yeah. so I can get out what of the seat. What is wrong with excuse me? That was wild. Like, Mm-hmm. Un that that was the point that I was like I think this movie might be unhinged. <laughs> like who who is doing that? Nobody is doing Nobody that in life. Um, uh, I wrote Lucky Bat, but I don't remember why. My third bullet point is can't wait till the funny guy dies because uh, I I immediately well, hated him. I have a note here that says he brought a bat into the club. Oh. Yeah, I guess, but like. I, also didn't make sense. He just kept bringing his bat everywhere, and I was right. like, oh, you got your special bat? Cool. <laughs> um, I wrote, oh, speaking on what you said before about, like, how all of her friends are treating the protagonist, I hate that this protagonist is being abused, and no one around her has any insight, like, maybe her roommate, but not really. Everyone is so stupid. Yes. Everyone yes. is treating her so, like, everyone is so stupid because even when the roommate is sitting her down and having this conversation, and they're never saying, like, she never says explicitly, like, like I'm worried for your safety. She says, I think your boyfriend is an alcoholic. And, like, that's where the conversation is framed around, which I really didn't like. Mm-hmm. It's like, like, come, like, you know, something to keep in mind if you're concerned about the safety of of somebody who might be in a relationship that like there is violence is like you want to come across as as non-judgmental as possible because like you want to show that you're supporting them so mm-hmm. that they do have a system that they can like leave to should they make the decision to finally leave the judgment is like the thing that feeds into the abusive partner's rhetoric that like nobody else gets them no one will love them like them and like further isolates them making it harder to leave and i fucking just hate how everyone is like so obtuse in this movie that they don't effectively talk to her about it so mm-hmm. I, that just like made me really mad um i 
it was interesting. Like, I, I just made note that she was very hyper aware. Like, she's like very on edge and hyper vigilant constantly throughout this movie, which I liked and disliked because, like, on one hand, like, they're, I feel like what they're saying is that she's primed for hyper vigilance because she's fearful of her of her ex boyfriend that she like right. dumped via text. Um, but also, she's hyper vigilant because she experienced she witnessed abuse in her home as a child. She's experiencing it in her in her in this most recent relationship. So like, she's primed to be very aware of things. But then also, it's like <laughs> she's just. In they they put her and I'm not blaming her and I'm not saying like she can't go to the clubs and stuff but like the narration of this story is like then they're just putting her in these places that are like deeply unsafe and triggering constantly and like that still really pisses me off like I just don't I just I really don't like this movie um, <laughs> uh, at some point they do close up magic I wrote a lot of question marks about close up magic and I can't remember. Who did something, yeah. uh, uh, like making something appear and disappear? Um, is that what the guy was flirting with her about? I don't remember. Maybe something about the bat. I don't really know. Oh, um, no. I think that was when they first got to the haunted house and the clown that met them outside yes. did something. Yes. Oh, that's was what he happened. doing magic? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he wasn't talking. He was right. just like doing stuff. Yes. Great. <laughs> Great. Um, then I wrote rules, baby. Um, Cause again, we are very pro rules on this podcast. Pro uh, rules. The quote that the guy was like, Oh, we're signing our lives away. I was like, dude, you're locking up your cell phone. Calm the fuck down. Yes. Like what, an, yes. what a, what an overreaction. Um, uh, Oh, <laughs> I, <laughs> the friend who just kept saying random anecdotes about how everyone is her cousin. Oh, yes. I just wrote this girl's related to everybody. Everyone. But then they make the joke about it. Yeah. And then they, mm. I, I, yeah, I like that. Then then he's like, Do you, like <laughs> then then the jokey guy makes a comment about it, which right, kind of like exactly. cut it for yeah, me but in I, a good But way. I was yeah. like, this is such a weird stick. Like, why? what's yeah. the point of this? Um, oh, so... I, there is a part, I think, where there's, like, a grape when they put their hands in something to feel like an eyeball. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. But I wrote in all caps, you're going to fucking eat the grape if this was a real haunted that. house. And, and everyone's touching on it. Touched it. I couldn't believe that. I, that was crazy. I, disgusting. Well, so Disgu- much there's of so these- much disgusting, weird things because they're not like being thoughtful while making this movie. People yes. not peopling. Exactly. It, you're, if you're in a club, you're not wa- you're not crawling. If right. you're going to a haunted house where it's requiring you to touch things, you are not then going to put the. I mean. That being said, I have seen pictures of people putting disgusting things in their mouth. But I would say most people mm-hmm. probably would not then put said grape in their mouth. Exactly. Um, I also, after that, I wrote, what is the point of all of this? Yep. <laughs> That's still pretty early in the movie. Uh, oh, and then the, the like, goofy, funny guy all of a sudden is a lock picker. I don't remember anything about him talking about being a lock picker. No. Uh, and, but all of a sudden they were like, you, yeah, you, you got to do it. <laughs> I just didn't, I was like, when did they, when did they give us anything? Um, they did not. Uh, 
I also said, like, if she had some kind of past trauma that connected back to this, why wouldn't she say anything? And I don't mean that necessarily in terms of reality, because, like, she doesn't owe anybody any explanation. Right. But as the, like, thinking about it from the perspective of watching a movie, as the audience, like, we have, like, we have information about her and, like, her childhood being a nightmare. And I was like, oh, boy, we're going to get, like, the abuse background. But then she doesn't, like, share it with anybody in a way that would be effective for the plot. So the, the things that she's experiencing, like don't, don't necessarily make sense to other people, but they make sense Mm -hmm. to her, but she never talks about that. And it's like, you're trying to all get out and survive. Like any information is helpful information. Why wouldn't you share that? That seems pertinent to escaping. And she just doesn't say anything. And I think that that was stupid. Yeah. Um, then was the part where they gave the key to the guy that she, like, had the hots for. And mm. I wrote, <laughs> I wrote this fumbling idiot. Why did he hold the key to so easily lose it? Easily. So here's my question for you. <laughs> when something scares you, when you get jump scared, mm-hmm. do you hold things tighter or do you yes. lose complete facilities and, like, <laughs> drop everything you're holding? No. Uh, because I've never been in a scenario where someone scares me. And I and I let go of things. Like I've never if someone, dropped anything. If someone scares me, I'm holding something tighter. Or yeah. like, you know, there's a there's a world in which like I get jump scared and like I have tea in my hand and like like and I, I, I jump spills. and the tea goes yeah. somewhere. Or like I'm holding a stack of books. But you're and, still and, like, holding the you're still holding, holding the mug. Exactly. Right. If I got jump scared in that moment while holding the key, there is no version of my life that I would have dropped it. I would have held it even tighter. And yeah. I just think that th- when people get jump scared and drop something, I have a hard time believing that that's the actual reaction from the character. Well, yeah, yeah. because it feels like when you when you are scared, your body tenses up. For whatever reason, whether it be because of fight, flight, whatever, whatever. But mm-hmm. the, the the beginning stages of any of that is your body tensing. So the mm-hmm. fact that you're releasing something out of your hands, it just absolutely doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. Like you yeah. said, Brian, you're just hold you're gonna hold on tighter. Yeah. It made it made no sense to me at all and just made me really mad. Mm-hmm. Um then at that point, I think the protagonist has the keys from the guy who's like trying to help them that she mm-hmm. asks for. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does she know which key to use? She right. like immediately is locking doors. Like how she has a whole ring of keys. Yeah. How does she immediately know what's the right key to what lock? Well, they did make a comment. I still agree with you, but they did make the comment of the keys were color of coordinated. Like one with the of door. the doors, but like, but all the keys look the same and you can't really tell. Right. Yeah. Stupid. I thought that was stupid. <laughs> um, then then the ex-boyfriend shows up, and I wrote, why is Sam a 45-year-old man dating ha. this college girl? <laughs> yep. Yep. And I yes. wrote, if, if Sam is the hero, I'll die. Yeah, exactly. I knew he wouldn't be. I was more <clears throat> just, like, disgusted that they cast this fucking old man. I don't know. That was a casting problem for me. <laughs> um, uh... I don't know what this comment is about. Why not just tip the bucket over? Was there a bucket for something? That they had to like reach yeah. into a bucket? No, he oh, didn't have a bucket of water. Oh, when she got the flashlight out of that bucket full of things. And it was like, look, 
inside Maybe. Here I just didn't understand why, after a certain point, like, why are you reaching your hand in anything? Like, dump yes. shit out. Like, it, it, that just doesn't make sense to me. It just, yeah. like, again, people making very thoughtless decisions constantly throughout the entirety of this film. Can I add um, one more thing to that, too? Yes, please. <laughs> of just not making any sense. When we get to the room where, like, she opens a door and the shotgun is, like, it, it, it hits her. And then it, mm-hmm. like, is um, revving up to do it again. Mm-hmm. I'm like, she. I'm like, why are you not crawling on the floor to be under yeah, the shot? I already have a note. I have a uh-huh. note. Okay, great. Don't Make Go no ahead. sense. <laughs> um... Uh, oh, this was more like I was slightly impressed, but it didn't feel real. How did he know how to send his location without looking at his phone? Oh, We're not yeah, in the no age of, of T9 texting anymore. Like, I have no idea how he did that on a touchscreen phone. Exactly. No way. No way. Um, uh, there's At some point, they realize that they're 18 miles from something. And I said, oh, my God, that's far. They're dead. Because um, that was just like uh, that. That just seemed so far out of the way of anything. So I was like, yeah. all right, well, they're screwed. Um, uh, is she going to hide under a bed or knock on a door because of her dream? Oh, I wrote that down way before the bed scene happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At that point, I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to predict everything that happens for the duration of this film. So yes. I knew that she was going to hide under the bed. Um, two two points later, I wrote, I knew there'd be a gun. But the thing that really annoyed me in between that that I wrote in all caps is you couldn't read the backwards words without the mirror. Yeah. It wasn't that yes. hard. Yes. Is, is reading backwards <laughs> that complicated? I was like, just get to the point at this at <laughs> Maybe this we're just too good at escape rooms. Maybe, I guess. I don't know. Um, But yeah, I knew there would be a gun. Then I wrote, this movie is so predictable. Um, Then when when she finally got to the shotgun, I wrote, you already knew that there... (laughs) Yes. (laughs) My thing auto-corrected. You already knew there was a forking shotgun and you walked (laughs) into it with your hand up. Like, why is she walking like this? Right. What are you doing? This is the moment she should be crawling. Not in the club when there's a gun pointed at your face. Yes. What's happening? Did they mix up those scenes and she got confused and didn't realize when she... Okay. Um, Uh, Yes. That had to be what happened. (laughs) um, At some point I wrote, is she in a truck? Because I think I was confused about where the shotgun was like in that long mm, corridor. Mm-hmm, I thought mm-hmm. somehow she was gonna like end up like locked in a truck and and that was driven away. Oh, was I happen. see, I see. And then my last comment was take the bat. Like she left the bat at some point. I I I hated this movie. I I just like there were just so many things happening that made absolutely no sense. None. And I still don't really understand the point of any of it. I don't know what this movie is trying to say, if anything. Um, I feel like it was super lazy by using the tropes that it did. I I don't really understand, like, the mask thing. Like, I, I just really don't. Maybe this movie went entirely over my head. <clears throat> I didn't think the scares were particularly scary mm-hmm. to, like, b- justify yeah. anything else that was happening in this movie. This just was like a wildly disappointing and quite frankly frustrating watch for me. Because yes. again, I like to avoid IPV movies because I know that that is not for me. I don't want to watch them. I don't like that trope. So 
the fact that that's what this was about and I didn't know it made me more mad going into it. And then there was like nothing that was going to compel me to really, there was nothing that was compelling or enjoyable about the rest of it to like even justify using that trope. Not that I think it's really justifiable. Mm -hmm. So not for me. Yeah. Yeah. Very great. Go ahead, Brian. Um, (laughs) All right. So here are my likes. I like that the ride share jokes were funny. Mm-hmm. I like the rules. I like that the movie gets to the haunted house pretty quickly. We're in the haunted house at 16 minutes in. Um, oh, wow. I like that it had the typical haunted house rooms. Like when you walk across that bridge and it's spinning around you. Like it mm-hmm. felt like a genuine haunted house. Um I like the silence in the movie when the witch is dragging the body the first time that they experience the witch kind of doing those things um, to like previous um, kidnapped people. Um, I like the um, I like that they split up and they justify why safe, not safe. So now we're following the two groups of people in the haunted house. I thought that was a really I liked that aspect of things. It shook things up a little bit. So we're not all in the same room at the same time. I liked the cousin's joke. It was a little weird, but I liked the cousin's joke. Um, I liked that the ghost worker was trying to help. I thought that I didn't see that coming uh, in terms of like a, a plot. Um, I liked that he said, I'm not Robert De Niro from Heat. But again, that doesn't make sense that he's picking the lock. I mean, it does. It It's fine, but it's stupid. Um, I like the masks in this movie, and I really like the makeup effects. I think mm. that those two things are really good. The clown mask, the witch mask, the zombie chainsaw mask, the ghost mask, the vampire mask, and the devil mask were all super cool. I wish I could have seen all of their faces underneath. Um, mm. And then you have that dragon demon um, that her friend is actually wearing. I thought that was a cool. All the masks were very cool in this movie, even though you knew 100% that that was one of the friends. Because I literally mm. said to Jamie, whatever happened to that, her, her roommate? Mm-hmm. And then that happened. <clears throat> but... On to my gripes. Um, I have all the gripes that the two of you said. Also, this dialogue is is truly bad. These are not talking like human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> what person, what friend, throws a rideshare deck out the window and he doesn't stop the car and go back to get it? Right. <laughs> and that makes no sense. None. At all. If somebody threw something that I needed for work out the window, I would have been like, this is unacceptable. Like, I don't care if you're drunk. This is insane. <laughs> I would stop the car. I would take the keys with me so I don't drive away. I would get my piece of equipment, like put it in the trunk and then keep driving. But mm-hmm. like the fact that he's like, well, I guess I don't have my Uber, you know, deck anymore. It's like, okay, not believable. Exactly. I thought the Planned Parenthood joke didn't read well. I thought it was uh, in poor taste. Mm. Um, uh, I think I that... I don't remember it, to be totally honest. I probably <laughs> blacked it out. This movie so mm. frustrating. Uh, yeah, the grape really shocked me. I think that was the scariest part of this film. Um, <laughs> don't eat the grape. Um, if my mother was no longer a part of my life, there is 0% chance that I would let my roommate borrow the thing I have of her, which is the ring. Yeah. No chance. That just seems so weird. Why does it have mm-hmm. to be that thing? No chance. Exactly. Um, why would you... Sp- I like they split them up. 
Why would you split them up if you're going to bring them together like two seconds later? It almost wasn't worth it because like not yeah. only like ten minutes later you're back into it. Um, peep, they, I also wrote they have a lot of skills. Like each one of them just like is perfectly equipped to like get into the next room. Like mm-hmm. okay, sure. <laughs> um, I thought that they were all too aggressive with Mitch the first time they meet him, the ghost mask. Um, mm. Given the circumstances, would you have been mean to him or would you have picked another tactic? Like <laughs> at least have multiple people doing different tactics towards Mitch. They were all aggressive towards him. And I understand that like you're in a very high intense like situation where everyone is in duress. But I just feel like somebody would have taken a different tactic when um, the main guy Nathan or whatever his name is mm-hmm. was being like aggressive. I don't know. That didn't feel <laughs> realistic in some ways. Um, mm-hmm. There was no point to the ex-boyfriend red herring. Um, yeah. I think that this movie should have leaned more into <clears throat> I think this movie should have either A, chose this idea of like who you are underneath and the masks and leaned more into that or been written a little bit more tactfully with the um, intimate partner partner violence stuff. Like, I I don't like that stuff. I I think it was poorly handled. It's a trope that I'm over. But I think that some of this could have worked if you were a little bit more interested in doing it the right way. Um, But regardless, I actually found the mask thing, what's underneath is like who you are, to be way more interesting than anything we saw from the, the intimate partner violence stuff. Yeah. Um, um, the and also I don't think that they did a good job of making that seem work and like actually track. Um, this movie just had too many ideas, and then there was an escape room with a music box. It's like, what's next? Like dinosaurs? Like it was just too much happening. Whoa. Um, Maybe also, I would have accepted. I, I would have yeah. accepted dinosaurs at that point. Like if you're gonna go off the cliff, like you yeah. just go off. <laughs> That was a very easy escape room, I just want to say, in general. However, why, why Mm -hmm. would she undress the bed before looking underneath it? Mm -hmm. Literally, she's like, I guess I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, even if she's trying to move the comforter so that it's not dangling over the bottom of the bed so she can see underneath it, the however it was framed is like that she was like checking under the covers first and then she finds all that blood. And I'm like, mm. that makes no sense. If I'm supposed to look under the bed, I'm looking under the bed. It was so exactly. stupid. I also um, thought, too, that to the point of being under the bed, when she did find the music box or whatever, and then it's like, well, why are you opening it while still underneath the bed? Yeah. It's just like, why don't you just take it like out so that you're ready for like whatever is gonna mm-hmm. come towards you? But now you're invested in this box and anything can come at you because you're like underneath the bed. That yeah. makes no sense. <laughs> um, I have all the notes you have about walking instead of crawling around the gun. Why wouldn't you try to figure out how to take the gun? Oh, a leg. Mm-hmm. I thought it was super cool that it turned into a sawed-off shotgun. I thought that that mm. was that was that was pretty cool. Um, mm. Also, the devil did the same thing. The devil knows how he set up his machine, and he's still walking straight still to the gun. It <laughs> <coughs> makes no so sense. Stupid. And then my last so note stupid. is, why won't this end? <laughs> um, I just stopped taking notes at that point. Um, <laughs> but here are my a couple of questions I have for the group. 
Is the problem with this movie, not the problem, but <clears throat> did you find a bigger problem with the dialogue or the performances? Was the dialogue unnatural or were the performances like bad and, 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 and wooden or weird? But I think the performances like weren't rooted in reality. Like the th- the right. ways that people were behaving were not realistic, and like that was more problematic than what people were saying, mm. or even how they were saying it. Sure. Like I mean, you said, pro- like with the with the Mitch or whatever his name is. Like, why are they coming off so aggressive to him right in that moment? Like. He could be their way out. Like, mm-hmm. it just seems like such a weird tactic to take. Yeah. I just don't understand, like, how they are being, existing as humans. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just wasn't a fan of, I think I just wasn't a fan of the dialogue. I think the actors tried to do the best that they could with what they had. But because none of it was, like Jamie said, rooted in reality, then everything they're going to say or try to do is just not going to be uh, successful. Um, so, yeah, I think they the actors tried, but it was just bad writing all around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, would you keep going if your friend was missing? That's a great question. And keep in mind, you don't know if it's a part of the shtick of the thing. You don't know, like, <clears throat> but they had a bad feeling. Like mm-hmm. they, they clearly had the, in their gut. They knew something is probably a little bit off. Would you keep going if your friend was missing? I guess it depends. At what point do I know that they're missing? Right. Because <clears throat> because I've been in haunted houses where they have pulled a friend in the group. Sure. And. Mm. We have like you've been there with me, and we've continued, yeah, and like waited on the side for them to like show up eventually. But like we have been separated from people in a haunted house, so like I feel like my inkling would be, I would continue until I like definitively knew that like something was like really fucked up. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, think I that's agree fair. with that. Yeah, um, it wouldn't take that long for me to like be waiting to be like, th- like something is wrong here. They should have probably come out by now. Yeah. Um, so going back to the abusive ex-boyfriend, I just think that the movie miscalculated. Clearly the movie was getting you excited for them to kill the abusive ex-boyfriend. However, mm-hmm. it comes off really poorly because you don't care about him. They spend a significant amount of time like setting him up and then having him get the text of where they are and then him going there and maybe he's going to save them. Maybe he's too dangerous. Like we don't know. I was so deeply uninvested in all of that, that it just felt like this like weird detour just to like get a kill on him. That wasn't even that good. Um, So, I mean, that's not a question. I just wanted to add that. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So here's my question for you. Is her mom dead? Are we supposed to believe that her dad killed her mom and that she's just going to be there when she when she goes to the house? Like she talks about this symbol. She grew up in a haunted house, obviously symbolic of the fact that like her father was abusing her mother. And then the Mm -hmm. ring kind of falls off of her and like comes to her and her dad's like, you know, that. But the movie never explicitly states if her mom was killed by her father and she left (laughs) And then that was it. And her father's going to be there. 
if you're going to do that, I think you need to be way more explicit in what actually happened to her than leaving it so open-ended. Like, this is the reason she didn't go back because only her dad is there. And, and right. she makes that comment about how, and then she'll be there and she left him. And like, is that an actual fantasy? Is that something? I, I don't. I, I all and and they do all of that flashback stuff to like the white picket fence and the house with the flag in front of it. Like this concept of like even to the street, like the, the concept of like the mask, where like they have this all American, you know, American dream white picket fence, you know, love America, beautiful house with a lawn, but like behind the scenes, like he's an abusive man, and like you don't know what's happening behind closed doors. Um, right. And, like, I think that, like, and, like, you know, the mask aspect of things for her is, like, your friends don't really know where you came from. Like, you're mm. a different type of person, like, because you dealt with domestic violence and stuff like that. None of that really read very well. I mean, I think that's all just, like, a mess. But I guess, like, what do you think happened to the mom? Like, I don't know. I think that the mom is alive. I think that her mom stayed with him. I think she's... I think that she, like, wants her mom to leave her dad. That's mm. what I think happened. Like, I think that she is, like, fantasizing. She has this fantasy of her mom leaving her dad. But okay. I don't think that her mom is dead. I think she just was like, I can't go back home. Like, okay. I can't be in that environment anymore. Nikisha? Yeah. I buy, I buy what Jamie's putting down with just the mom still being there. And so then she's just... The, the dream is just about her... Um, yeah, her mom leaving her dad and being able to reconnect with her in that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and before I get to my last question, I do have a quote. <laughs> um, there's only one review on Yelp. Oh, wait, it says all the proceeds go to the Red Cross, so that's cool. <laughs> Such uh. a mess. Like, what? Yeah. Okay. I believe that there's a good movie in here somewhere if you somewhere. cut a lot of the content out in terms of, like, that, like... If you cut that all that like domestic violence stuff, the intimate parlor violent partner, I keep saying parlor, partner violence stuff, um, and you really you work up the backstories of the characters as like two faced college kids, and they set up in these college towns to kill them. I think that is way more interesting and more like of an insightful look at like growing up in college and trying to figure out who you want to be and like creating this new persona for yourself. I, and especially on Halloween where you're wearing double masks, you're mm -hmm. like the character, you're who you present and then who you are when you're alone. I think that is way more fascinating. Um, honestly, it would have been cool if it was the professors and not just these like random people. Um, at right. anyway, mm. that, that's, 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 but that's, then I just made a whole different movie. Um, yeah, that's but true. the <laughs> last thing I want to ask you is, and maybe this leads into Umbrains. I'll let Nikisha and, and Jamie decide that. But does this movie make victims or people who lived through um, w viewing other like intimate partner violence and DV? Does it does this movie make them seem at fault if they don't fight back? She didn't say no to her boyfriend. And so she felt like she was like, you know, not strong enough or whatnot. She mm. had guilt for not protecting her mom. So obviously this character feels like very guilty for all these things that she didn't do. But does this movie make it seem like this type of person is at fault if they don't fight back? Obviously we don't think that they're at fault. This is the right. circumstance. This is what people do to you. Um, 
But like this movie to me makes it feel like because of the lesson and the fact that she like killed the clown at the end and took back her, you know, ability to like say no and like be proactive about things kind of gave me the wrong message in some ways. Um, That, that, that's my last open-ended question. Yeah. Go ahead, Jamie. Sorry. No, I like, I don't even know what they're trying to say to be totally honest. Like I, I don't know if they're, if it feels like they're blaming her or saying that she's not fighting back because you also have her kind of like being super, observant and aware and like like hyper vigilant so I, I don't really know I don't know I don't think that they're really saying anything I don't really think there's a lot of brains behind anything related to this movie <laughs> yeah I agree in the sense too that I never even thought about that concept of her just overcoming whatever by surviving that situation and her kind of taking back her life. But I think it's because the movie didn't set it up for it to be that, for that to be the message. Mm-hmm. So uh, that wasn't really a thing that stuck out in my, in my brain personally. Okay, cool. So, yeah. But I think that is a good transition into mm, brains. <laughs> Because there is a question that uh, is along the lines of, I mean, the main thing of this was the domestic abuse and, um, you know, partner abuse. So my first question to you, Jamie, is if you have a friend or loved one being physically abused, can you file a report for them or does it have to be from the person that um, is being abused? So... I think it's kind of complicated. Okay. Because, well, one, I think it depends on, like, where it is, for one, like, in terms of where, like, a, which, like, precinct-wise, like, precinct-specific. Oh, uh, okay. Sometimes I think it can be, like, police officer-specific. Um, I think that, like, <clears throat> I guess I view it similarly to, this might not be filing a report, per se, but like if, if neighbors hear an altercation happening, they might call the police and then the police might show up to where they like hear a disturbance happening. That's not necessarily filing a report. Um, if you were to go down to a precinct and like, like give an anecdote about something without the friend being there, um, I think it really depends on who is receiving that report as to whether mm. or not they will follow up on that. That's um, unfortunate. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I think like, because then there's going to be like, okay, we have to follow up with the friend. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then we have to follow up with the, like, you know, the perp- the person that you're saying is the perpetrator. Yeah. So like another thing to keep in mind is that could also potentially put somebody at harm at like at risk, not saying that like you shouldn't care about your friend and you shouldn't try to like, keep them safe but there's just a lot of risky things within trying like if if somebody is within in an abusive relationship and like things that could potentially escalate risk um so you know if if there's more like attention on it that could potentially increase the risk the the friend who is like who who's you know, being abused could 
potentially be at like an increased risk to receive more abuse and could also feel more isolated by their friend. Like they might feel like that's a betrayal and they might potentially like distance themselves from the friend, even if they were doing something like good to help them. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, it's just like a very complex, nuanced, really challenging situation. Um, But, uh, but yeah, I think it would really depend on like who is actually taking the report to see what could happen from it. Cause there's even anecdotes of like people who are being, and, and you know, Abuse comes in a variety of, like, violence isn't just physical. Violence is also emotional, psychological. It mm-hmm. could be financial. Like, there are so many, there are so many levels of things that somebody can be experiencing. Um, so sometimes it's hard if you are potentially speaking to someone who is not necessarily trained or understands um the like all of the different types of violence that somebody can experience i i have directly heard from people as somebody who like previously worked in criminal justice folks who have gone to report on behalf of themselves and those reports not being filed mm, um okay so like people you know going time and time again reporting multiple times waiting for a report to be filed yeah um but again, everyone is different. Uh, it, it, like, it sometimes really is like whoever's receiving that report dependent. Sometimes it only takes one time, um, especially if people are seeking like orders of protection, for example. So like something that's always misrepresented in movies and TV shows is that you just go to a police station to request an order of protection. That is not the case. You, there has to be, there's only really two ways to file for an order of protection. If you are, if you are experiencing intimate partner violence, um, you can go the criminal court way, which is you would file a police (coughs) report. That person Mm -hmm. would be arrested and then the court would issue an order of protection at their arraignment. Um, or you can go the family court way, which is there you can actually file for, a petition for an order of protection, but the family court way is like very specific with regard to what that relationship looks like. It either has to be a family member or it has to be like someone that you have an intimate relationship with. Mm. If it's a roommate, for example, some jurisdictions don't accept that. Um, So again, there's like a lot of like complexities to all of it, but um, yeah, a lot of times, uh, people have this idea that they can just walk into the police station to get an order of protection. But unfortunately that is not the case. Not only does the report have to be filed, but then an arrest has to be made. So it's like a lot more steps and, and again, like takes longer, but that's more time where like someone's potentially at risk. Sorry. Right. That was like a whole long ass thing, but <laughs> no, I always have to throw specific. that one in because I feel like people get that People don't know because it's yes. very misrepresented on like movies and TV shows all the time. And it makes me super mad. And I've had yes. to field that question so many times from people that like people really genuinely don't know that it's not that easy to get an order of protection. Yeah. In order, order of protection, same as restraining order? Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's temporary ones and there's permanent ones. Um, mm-hmm. Usually the temporary ones are the ones like issued uh, – before somebody is um, 
like convicted of a crime. Yeah. Um, so like throughout the duration of like a criminal court case, uh, every time the court meets to, um, to go through the court proceedings, they would usually reissue a temporary order of protection. And then at the point that there's a conviction, they would issue like a final, um, order of protection, you know, lasting for however long the court determines. Okay. But it's not yeah. indefinite either. Like there right. are, there are, there are timelines on those sometimes. Like sometimes right. it's a year, sometimes it's two years. And then like when it's up, th- th- like then it's up. Yeah. yeah. That's, and that's good though. I mean, because I'm sure a lot of people did not know that there are way more steps, uh, especially the step of uh, an arrest being made before those protections are put into, into practice. Uh, mm-hmm. Great. So my next question was, do you think there is more of a correlation with kids who've witnessed slash experienced domestic abuse and then end up being in relationships with abusers more so than those who did not grow up in domestic abuse households? Yeah. So there's like a ton of what I would say are like risk factors for intimate partner violence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for, I think for both someone who risk factors for a perpetrator as well as someone who like is on the receiving like victimized end um that observing like a history of violence in childhood even like emotional abuse Mm. um is definitely would definitely increase someone's risk for being a perpetrator and i think um a victim yeah uh, that which is super un like unfortunate that that is the case of mm-hmm. that trauma just kind of staying with you as even as you get older and have your own life and then all those things. Yeah. Um, but again, it's just a risk factor. It's not like you know this is going to happen. Like one yes. is connected directly to the other. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, one of my other questions, and we talked about this a little bit, but just talking about fight or flight responses. Um, just someone who. Um, if, if you're witnessing domestic abuse like Harper uh, has her whole life and was experiencing with her partner, do you think that that directly can affect your flight or fight responses? Because we see Harper, like you predicted in your notes, that the hiding under the bed mod, like a flashback was going to happen uh, during the haunted house. And she basically just did the, the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. So do you think that witnessing or experiencing abuse can affect your fight or flight responses? I definitely think so. I think that like, you know, any trauma, like that's a trauma and like Mm -hmm. any trauma that we've experienced definitely like will impact our, our reaction to other like danger events, like other moments that like activate our fight or flight or freeze or fawn stages. So I think that like, you know, one of the, one of the symptoms of trauma is hypervigilance. So I think that, you know, the fact that she, again, like our, our protagonist, cause I truly can't remember her name. Uh, <laughs> she, she has already like experienced violence in a variety of ways, like directly and indirectly, like uh, observing it and things like that. So I think that she's already kind of like just super hypervigilant and, and on the lookout for things. And like, there are moments where she kind of like, she does kind of freeze where she's like taking everything in, but just like not really taking action in those moments. I think there's other moments where like she is, um, 
fighting back and like, you know, trying to not only at the end of the movie, but also um, like running away and like trying to defend herself and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I definitely think that her hypervigilance is like directly related to the trauma that she's already experienced. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's all that I'll have for Brain. So should we Rotten Tomato? Rotten Tomaten this? Yeah, let's Rotten Tomaten this. What do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? I don't even know. I don't even know what to base it off of. Not me, because I feel like... Right, but the internet says... I don't know. I'm going to say 45. I'm going to say 71. As a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, wow. my God. Yeah, Haunt I is, knew it wasn't going to be what I want to give it. No. It also has... So it has 50 reviews that give it a 70%, and the audience score is 100%. Stop it. Um, but less, less than 50 reviews. So I feel like only people who like the movie probably wrote in. How, well, obviously that's true because it's 100%. Right. Um, but the critics' consensus is, Haunt is spooked by the spirits of its obvious influences, but still packs enough thrills and chills to satisfy horror fans up for a haunted house excursion. No. No. I'm not satisfied. No, no I don't buy wrong. any of that. <laughs> wrong. Wrong. Um, <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, on Letterboxd, so as we know, out of Letterboxd, it's out of five. What do you think this movie has um, on Letterboxd? Probably like a 4.9. Mm, I'm going to say like a 3.3. It has a 3. Okay. Oh, okay. It has a 2.97, so they round it up to a 3. Hmm. Um, all right, should we do the four S's? Yes. Yes. Skull, scare, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horns, four S's. <laughs> all right, the four S's are skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. Um, skulls is how well this handles mental health and human behavior. Scares, how scary was it? Shakes, h- how much did you like it? How much is it going to stick with you? Um, those are all 1 through 10, 10 being the best. Um, and then we'll give our suggestions after we run through that. So, Jamie, give us your numbers for skulls. Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, the only reason I even gave it that is, like, they know how to open doors. They know how to use cell phones. They know how to drive. And that's the most <laughs> human activity that I see portrayed in this film. Everything else is completely fucking terrible. That's fantastic. Uh, what about your scares? <laughs> uh, I gave it a one. This movie is not scary. This movie was wildly predictable. Um, like none of the, uh, nothing was scary. I get, I give it a one for like the clown masks but, like, that's maybe the scariest thing. But, like, then you get used to it because you know that everyone's wearing a clown mask and everyone's yeah. got a funky face underneath. Like, yeah. it, this movie is not scary. Being on the plane was scarier than this movie. Fair. <laughs> um, what is shakes for you? A one. I, I hope that this goes deep into the 
abscesses of my mind and never returns to the surface. Lovely, lovely. Uh, Nikisha, what about you? Yeah, Skulls is a two for me. I gave Scares a three um, just for the gore, not because jump scares or anything. Um, And then Shakes a two. Yeah. Um, I gave two of Skulls as well. I gave Scares a one. And I gave Shakes a two. Um, Yeah. Really for the makeup and the masks. Fair. Yeah. Um, And then suggestions. Um, I'll go first. Um, I have two. Mm. One is, if you want one idea with backstories, um, Escape Room. The first Mm, Escape mm -hmm. Room movie is awesome. Um, I would highly suggest that. But if you want something that's a little bit more Halloween-oriented... it's actually the movie, if you watch this on Amazon Prime, it's the movie that this, if you look up Haunt, the movie thumbnail is not the right one. It's this one, Hellfest. Mm, um, okay. You should watch Hellfest if you want something better than this. That's a little bit more um, like Halloween night oriented. Um, mm. I would suggest that. If you're looking for something outside of the usual, like movies you would watch on Halloween, um, I would suggest Hellfest. Um, or uh, Escape Room. Mm. Good. Jamie, your suggestion? Um, I went with a movie where the protagonist is way more compelling and more consistently fights back <laughs> and is just like a badass where you don't need a stupid trope to, to like, you know, find her enjoyable. Um, you're next. Oh, yeah. I enjoy that movie so much. Mm-hmm. It's such a good movie. Uh, and I just went basic. Uh, Hell House LLC, if you want a yeah. haunted house movie, mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. I mean, and if you want an actual movie that does intimate partner violence well, um, like if that's what you want to watch something on, uh, The Invisible Man. Yeah. Mm. Or what was that that's, one that we that's also like covered? That's the only one that I will watch. What was Watcher? Watchers? The Watchers? Yeah, that's not so much. In, uh, that's that's more but like that wasn't part of gaslighting. Yeah. What was the, the, what's oh, the Rebecca yeah. Hall one that I couldn't watch that you told me about? Resurrection. Yeah. Yeah, that's about intimate partner violence. That one's pretty Ooh. intense. Yeah, um, not for me. And that's gaslighting and just like mental and physical abuse. It's really intense. She's she's spectacular in that movie. So is Tim Roth. Um, mm. But, uh, yeah, cool. That's been our jaunt with Haunt. <laughs> our jaunt with Haunt. Yes, Ugh, that wraps up this it episode. <laughs> Man, what a bummer like, of a movie. I never want to think I, about this movie ever I again really, in life. I just want it to, like, ooze out of my brain, ear, <clears throat> and never, ever think about it ever again. Yeah, Fantastic. I mean, we don't have to. <laughs> what's better than this movie is the fact that you could say jaunt and haunt in the same sentence. That's yeah, basically it. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the general gist consensus for everyone. General, general gist, gist, general consensus. <laughs> All right, guys. So that wraps up this episode of our jaunt with the haunt. You can follow us on all social medias, the Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at Talk Horror Pod, P-O-D. And Brian, where can they listen to us? 
Uh, you can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. That includes things like YouTube. Hi, YouTube. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us there. Five stars, please. And thank and you. Thank you. Woo. Right. I don't even know how to end it except for just. Well, all the proceeds out. go to the Red Cross, so that's cool. <laughs> I hate it, but love it. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.